And this evening we have a serious subject and we're going to go into more spiritual matters as well tonight. Um, looking at what's going on around our, our world, we're going to look at the spirits that are um, what I've entitled it the ancient demonic gods, small g, meaning demonic spirits, strong, powerful um, demonic spirits manifesting among the nations in these latter days. Um, we have some scripture to go through, so if you'll turn with me first of all to the Psalms, please. The first reading will be from Psalm 96. Psalm 96, please. The turnout tonight for a holiday, um, for a rainy, wet, and miserable night is tremendous. God richly bless you all. It's good to see you, and you're all very welcome indeed. Psalm 96, please. Let's just read from verse 4. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Small g, note that. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols, demonic spirits. They're idols of men's and women's hearts. They're not the true and living God whom we serve. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord... Now, I want you to underline this, because we're going to be looking at little bits of pieces here which are going to stand out. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Now, if you will flick over to the New Testament, please, to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians, please, chapter 6, well-known portion of Scripture. Verse 10, the apostle admonishes us. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The wiles, as I've taught you before, the methodia. The wiles is the methodia, the methods. It's where we get methody from, uh, the methods of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Our third reading is from Revelation, please, chapter 16. Revelation, please, chapter 16. Beginning to read at verse 12. The inspired apostle writes, and the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates. And the water thereof was dried up, that the ways of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Now take note. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth unto the kings of the earth 
and of the whole world. Here's the reason, to gather them to the battle of that great day of God Almighty. Now Christ interjects here. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his word. We're going to look at more scripture uh, throughout the evening, so please keep your Bibles open. But let's bow, if you will, in a word of prayer. Father, we ask you now that you would put your hand of covering over this company of people, over this congregation of saints. And we pray, Father, if there's one or some here who are not yet saved by your grace and born again of your spirit who have never come to a saving knowledge and faith in the Lord Jesus, your son, who have never known him as their own Lord and personal savior. We pray, Heavenly Father, this evening, or this evening be over, you'll let them see the wickedness that is pervading the earth. Let them see that the coming of the Lord draweth nigh, that your son has paid the debt of our sin and his fullness, and that he cried, it is finished. And Father, we ask it, Lord, that your blessed spirit, he would move from seat to seat and heart to heart. We ask you, Lord, to settle us in our minds and take away any distracting thoughts. And Father, bind any opposing spirit to your word. Give us teachable spirits and listening ears and receiving hearts. And help us, Lord, to glorify your Son. For even as the pastor already prayed, he alone is worthy to be praised in the center of all that we are. Glorify him through a man of clay lips. Help us, Lord, as we look and delve deeper into the things that are pervading this world of these demonic entities. Help people to realize that you are still God. Lord over all, you're the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You're the sovereign and almighty God. So bless us, we pray tonight. Bless those who are away and can't be with us. Maybe those who are ill and at home. Bless those, Father, who are watching now, live, or even later. We pray, Lord, that you would give them their portion. So to that end, Father, we ask it all in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. Amen. The Bible tells us that the gods of the nations or the gods even of the heathen, they are demonic spirits. They are worshipped by men and women who have set up maybe an idol, that which was in their heart and in their mind and formed it with their hands. Israel done it in the Old Testament by the forming of a bull calf. And then placing one in Dan and one in Bethel and saying, These be thy gods, O Israel. We see it pervading right through our nation tonight. England, Scotland, Northern Ireland, Wales, Republic of Ireland. We see it across these islands of ours. And we see how the enemy seems to be, as it were, prevailing as he is moving on hearts and moving on minds searching lives and 
prompting men and women to further things like violence and and debauchery and deeper dyed sin. The Lord says that he's the one who sits on the throne and he's the God of the heavens and he's the one true, eternal, everlasting, self-existing Lord God, Jehovah, Yahweh, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob and the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there only is one and he is the Almighty, the Almighty God. And so a few days earlier in the week, this thought came to me. We see wars and violence all over our nation, especially at the minute everyone's fixed on the Middle East and we're seeing it with Hamas and the Israelis and so forth. And we're seeing it in Ukraine and the Russians and, and so on there. And there's violence in other places. And if you will, will you turn with me to Genesis chapter 6, please? Our Lord Jesus said at the return of, this, that is the second coming of the Lord, of himself, that the days of the Son of Man his coming would be like the days of Noah. I just want to lift out, because I've spoken on this recently, and I want to lift out just one verse, please. Genesis chapter 6. And let your eye run down to verse 11. Notice what it says, And the earth, or the Eretz, that could be the land, a parcel of land, or the known earth at the time, as it were, or the whole earth, depending on uh, which context it is written in. But the earth also was corrupt before God. Now take note of this. The earth also was corrupt before God. And the earth was filled with violence. And the earth was filled with violence. Now I don't know if you realize this or not, but the word violence, if you want to underline it there, is the word Hamas in the Hebrew text. It is the word Hamas in the Hebrew text. Turn with me to Exodus, please, chapter 23. Exodus chapter 23. And verse 1. Thou shalt not raise a false report. Put not thine hand with the wicked. To be an unrighteous witness. See the word unrighteous there. An unrighteous witness. It is the word for violence. It is the word in the Hebrew tongue. Hamas. And I, I, I don't know about you. Brothers and sisters and friends tonight. But when I hear reports from Hamas. I don't believe a word they say. They are terrorists. And I do not believe a word that they say. They are an unrighteous witness before God. And they need removed from the earth. And so that's just one or two verses. There are others. I don't want to go uh, too much time on that and dwell upon it. But take note of this. The Lord who sits in the heavens and laughs at his enemies while the enemies think that they are the ones who are laughing at the Lord. I want to take you on a bit of a journey here tonight, and I trust you can stay with me. 
And if I could ask for no moving about, because this is a serious subject tonight, this one has cost me many hours, not only in study, but in sleep. Spiritually, it's wet on me, because I believe we are fighting against spiritual wickedness in high places. So take note of this, if you will. There is a a man who was a 33-degree mason. His name was Albert Pike. Sure many have heard of his name name before. He was an author. He was a poet. He was an orator. He was an editor. He was a lawyer. He was a jurist. And he was a Confederate Army general. Now, he was an officer, a senior officer of the Confederate States Army commanding the district of the Indian Territory in the Trans-Mississippi Theater, as it's known. If you know me, I am a fan of Confederate Army, so I was, when I read that, I was very disappointed. <laughs> I like the history behind it. Albert Pike was also a prominent member A 33-degree Freemason. He was the sovereign grand commander of the Supreme Council of the Scottish Rite of the southern jurisdiction of the United States between 1859 and 1891. He published many books. But two in particular, Albert Pike published a book called The Morals and Dogma of the Ancient and Accepted Scottish Rite of Freemasonry in 1871. Now, I don't know if you've read any of that. I had a copy of it some years ago until I had a knock at the door and was told I had to hand it over. They were looking it back. Take note of this. He published a seminal treatise. In other words, a strong influencing treatise. He published a seminal treatise on the Indo-Aryan deities and worship as contained in the Rig Veda. Now that's a big long title for a treatise or a book. I'm going to say it again. The Indo-Aryan deities and worship contained in the Rig Veda. The Rig means praise and Veda means knowledge. Praise and knowledge. And this is in Hinduism. The mystic arts. The gods, as it were, small g. The demonic entities of Hinduism. It is a collection of Vedic Sanskrits. And they are put into Hindu forms. And hence he wrote this book on it. They, they exalt and lift up and they're singing their gods, so-called like Shiva. Shiva. And Shiva is known as the, the god of, of the third eye. The third eye. In other words, that eye which is that Illuminati eye. Shiva is also known as the one to perceive beyond the natural dimension, to see past everyday life that you live in and to have a plan behind it. And also Shiva is represented 
with a chakra. The chakras are in meditation. Those who take these titles and use them are called yogis. It's where you get your name yoga from. Yoga, your chakra mat. Chakra mat has the little spikes. It's been advertised all over your TVs. And you lie on it in your bare back and all those little puncture marks in your back to help the blood flow is a chakra mat. And this comes from channeling energy within your body. And it comes from these demonic entities. Shiva is pictured in paintings and drawn and it is car- he is carved up with a snake, a third eye and a snake. It, this is Shiva's peaked energies, it means. I want you to get this. It's that which only moves when you realize there is so much power in you. As the snake is lying dormant, then springs up. Springs up. Shiva is the god of this. Springs up in someone when something like a power in your meditation wells up and springs up out of you. And then there is Trishul. It gives the idea of the, the energy of the body, the left, the right, and the center. Have you ever seen the wee circles drawn down through? It's where it comes from. It's where it comes from. It's the central energy of the body and the human form and system. And hence, at the feet is a cow lying down, or even a bull sometimes lying down. And it symbolizes that he is eternal. It symbolizes on waiting. It symbolizes on meditation. Sitting in your meditating pose. Sitting there waiting as though you are eternal. The snake is within waiting to come out. And hence you get yoga, you get chakra and different things like that. Then you have shakti. Shakti becomes his wife in their uh, lines of deities. She is a divine mother. I want you to get this now. She is a divine mother who calls for absolute surrender. Yogis regard Shakti as the power lying dormant within the body of the coiled serpent and it is known as Kundalini. Who's ever heard of Kundalini? Ah, hold on. That's the snake lying within until he gets his full power. Then he causes you to convulse. Who's ever seen in charismatic circles the convulsing? I've had it in my church and I threw it out. Shakti is the principle to reintroduce to today's world. You ready? Now this is Shakti, his wife. Into today's world, the feminine aspect of God. You're seeing in churches today 
how they're saying God is a female. The feminine aspect of God is from Shakti. Shakti is a demon goddess. And silly, stupid church leaders are saying that God may be a woman after all. Shakti principle reintroduces to the world because there were others of the same ilk way, way back in the ancient times. These are ancient gods, so-called, that are manifesting in today's nations. So also it is the philosophy which offers spiritual environmentalism. Does it sound familiar? Once you start cleaning up your life and knowing that you have this chakra within you, healing comes from your chakra. Blessing comes from your chakra. And this is what they're saying. It is a demon spirit. And now they look to environmentalism as well. Pervading the earth, isn't it? Manifesting in the nations. She is the goddess of women's liberation, feminism. The doing away of the male and of the male-female gender. And she is the goddess of personal fulfillment. It's all about you, your feelings, your fulfillment. And it lies like a snake when you start to meditate. It's a demon from hell. When Shakri and Shiva come together, a symbol is made in their in their religion. And they have a son called Muragan. Now listen, Muragan, Shakti's son, is recognized, are you ready? As Shiva's avatar. Now, if you're, I'm not literally, computerly minded, or whatever you want to call it. I don't even know the proper term for it. But if you are, you'll know about avatars. See the movies that are coming out? The avatars. That is Shiva and Shakti worship of their son. You have avatars, haven't you, on your Facebook profile? Taking away the real face of you and putting something in of a, if you want AI to come. And Muragan is also known, you ready, as the god of war. So these demon spirits, you can see them right through the church even. You can see these demon spirits right through your nation. You can see them right in your streets, even among your family members. And this man, Albert Pike, done this treatise on this, and it heavily influenced his thinking as the 33-degree mason. I'm going to show you a, a wee slide here. Well, I might even not have them in order, but Ellie, can you put maybe the first one up to us yet? Anybody recognize that? Swastika. 
That's Hinduism. Because it reminds us of the next one. Nazism. National Socialism. That comes from the same spirit. Can you put the next one on, please? See that star? Star of. Everybody knows it as the Star of David. Everybody does. I'm going to show you something. Put the next one on, please. In Hinduism, no, back, back, back. In Hinduism, Shiva is a pointed up triangle. Shakti is a pointed down triangle. The both of them come together to make that star. Now, that is not known as the Star of David. And those who have, uh, of the, the Jews over Israel, they don't, they're probably like yourself, not, not know any of this stuff. See the OM in the middle, the OM. The OM is a sound. I want you to get this. It is actually pronounced A-U-M, OM. And let me tell you what it is. You ever see when someone is meditating and they go, OM. That's the arm. That's the arm. Now take note of this, brothers and sisters. Om is a meditative word, and putting Shakti with it is believed to be power in the arm. It is said to be the essence of supreme, absolute consciousness of the third eye. Of the third eye. It is a primordial sound to them. It is a primordial sound of creation. What did we say? Psalm 96. It says the Lord created. They say this sound of their God. Om is a primordial sound. Which vibrated through to everyone. To everything to come forth. And these are the creators of the universe. Is there anywhere else has this? Ali, go another one, please. <laughs> now, if you go to, if you go up to Stormont, they'll tell you the six points are for the six counties. And most people think that that Red Cross is the George Cross. May well be, but really... It's probably the, the De Berg Cross uh, who came over from France at the time of the Huguenots and then came over into Ireland at the time and that was their crest. So, but at the same time, look, we have that as a Northern Iron banner or flag or whatever you want to call it. But really, you're not thinking that that's an arm, are you? You're not thinking that's a creator or Shakti. And it's the same. It's the same. You can take it down, please. Thank you. The HAF is the Hindu American Foundation. And it's all about the Aum. I want you to get this, please. The Aum is heard in the temple, in yoga studios. This is their, what they say. Households, television, movies. The chanting on the symbol of Aum is familiar to most. Now listen, it has pervaded the Western world since the counterculture of the 1960s. 
The word om is defined by Hindu scripture as being a primordial sound of creation. It is the original vibration of the universe. From this first vibration, all other vibrations are to manifest. Yogis chant om at the end of their meditations. Listen, they write, Judeo-Christians say amen. An Islamic version is amin, but it is to evoke the energy of the divine. So every time you hear om, when you and I are saying amen, it means so be it. We're not invoking anyone or anything except for before God say, it's your will be it. But when they are oming all over the place and it's all over the world, it's on the TV and everybody thinks it's great and you're having classes all over the place. They're saying what you're saying is you're invoking this divine, as they call it, spirit. Now, if you have been involved in something like this, friend, you need to repent and get this off you. You need this broken from you. And along with this also, we have scriptures from uh, Acts chapter 7, also saying that these symbols are like the star of Raphael, of Moloch. You know what Moloch does? Burns the babies. Kills the infant. The American Hindu Foundation also says this Aum evokes the divine energy. The Aum, ready, represents a number of sacred trinities. A number of sacred trinities. So, Albert Pike, who published the Indo-Aryan deities and worship in the Rig Veda, also quoted saying this, the sovereignty of oneself over oneself is called liberty. Not the surrendering to Christ that thy sins may be forgiven. Not the coming to the cross in repentance and faith. Not pleading the merits and the efficacy and the, the power of the blood. But he says the sovereignty of oneself over oneself is liberty. Yet the scriptures tell me that he whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Albert Pike is supposed to have written a letter which is now denied. Some say it denied that it existed, but there are uh, some photographs of it, so they can't deny it. But now they deny that it was even written by Albert Pike. But it was in the British Library until 1977. And funny enough, it's disappeared. He wrote a letter to Giuseppe Manzini, August the 15th, 1871. Whether he wrote this or not, I'll leave it there. And he wrote it, and it told of three world wars, 1871. Now, unless he's a prophet, and we've already seen that he's not a prophet of God, 
then how would he know these things were going to happen? And if it even wasn't him who wrote it, who wrote it because they have happened? Unless you are part of the Luciferian worship movement. Unless it's all a part of your plan and purpose in the earth. To invoke these ancient gods, so-called demonic spirits. He said that World War I would start. They need us to have a World War I. And he said it would be between Zionists and Nazarists. That is in Russia. The Zionists and Nazarists in Russia. And of course the war happened, 1914 to 1918. 19, uh, uh, that was the World War. 1917, the Bolshevik Revolution came to Russia, mainly composed of those from a Jewish background. Something stirred them. Someone spun them a, 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 a lie or whatever it may be. And, and through that we had Trotsky, Lenin, and all sorts coming up through this. And the Lord Jesus said, like of these men, there would be those who say they are Jews and are not Jews, but are a synagogue of Satan. In 1917, it's the same year that General Allenby liberated Jerusalem from the Turkish Ottoman, uh, Ottoman powers. The exact same year. And the czars, of course, uh, they were dethroned and they, they, they were then the, the last stars and their family were slaughtered, murdered by them. He says the second world war would be by, through Zanus and of course through the National Socialists, the Nazis. And we've seen uh, the Jews had Juden in that, that yellow star with Juden written in it. And of course we've seen the other symbol of of the swastika. Listen to what he says about the third one. I'm going to quote him now. I hadn't time to read it all. It's a big treatise, a, a big letter, and I just hadn't time to read it out. But I have written it word for word with my own hand to make sure I get it right. This is what he says. The, first, the third world war must be fermented by taking advantage of the difference caused by the agentur. Notice the words, the agentur of the Illuminati. Between the political Zionists and the leaders of the Islamic world, the war must be conducted in such a way that Islam, the Muslim Arab world, and political Zionism, the state of Israel, mutually destroy each other. Now, if he has written this in 1871, it hasn't even happened. There is no state of Israel yet. So this is to be formed and set up. I quote again. Meanwhile, the other nations, once more divided on this issue, will be constrained to fight the point of complete physical, moral, spiritual, and economical exhaustion. Does it sound familiar? And I go on more. We shall unleash nihilists and the atheists. 
We shall provoke a formidable social cataclysm. Sound familiar the last few years? Which in all its horror will show clearly to the nations the effect of absolute atheism, the origin of savagery, and of the most bloody turmoil obliged to defend themselves against the world minorities of revolutionaries will exterminate those destroyers of civilization and the multitude disillusioned with Christianity whose deistic spirits will from that moment be without compass or direction, anxious for an ideal, but without knowing where to render its adoration will receive, listen, the true light through the universal manifestation of the pure light of Lucifer. Brought finally out in public view, this manifestation will result from the general reactionary movement which will follow the destruction of Christianity. Listen, and atheism. Because they have to. They have to believe in a higher power. Why? Because they're all demonic spirits and they know it. They worship Lucifer. So they can't be atheists. They know there's a demonic spirit. Both conquered and exterminated at the same time concludes his letter for World War III. Turn with me to Isaiah, please. Isaiah 14, if you will. Verse 12. Isaiah 14 and verse 12, please. Listen to what the Lord says. Hallelujah. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throat above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. You know what this tells me tonight? The devil may try his hardest and do his worst. But the Lord says, devil, Lucifer, you're going down to hell. You're going to the sides of the pit. But here's the thing, friend, if you're not saved tonight. If you don't know Christ as your Savior tonight, if you've never had a dead and our experience where you surrendered your life, repented of your sins, trusted in the blood of Christ alone, pleaded for mercy, and received the salvation of your soul, if you've never come to Calvary by faith before, if you're not sealed by grace through faith in Christ alone, and not of your works, lest your eyes should boast. If you've never been saved and born again, then you will be in the same pit. 
because you'll be found guilty as charged. Repent. If you've been involved in mysticism, repent. If you've been involved in these meditation, meditative practices, repent. If you've been involved with Ouija boards and palm readers, fortune telling, repent. And listen, if you've been involved in drugs, what drugs? Paul says that there are those who will not enter the kingdom of heaven, Galatians 5, without turning to it, and one of them is witchcraft, pharmacia. It's where we get our word pharmacy from. Now, please, please, don't go and attack your pharmacist down your street. That's not what it means. And if you've got a headache, take a paracetamol. This means to be enchanted with drugs. Now, before I was saved, I was a drug addict, and I worshipped at the feet of DJs that were known as the wizard and so on. And I seen demonic spirits. I seen great dark demonic spirits. Seen them with my own eyes. Lifted me out of my own body to drag me to hell one night. I seen them. I felt them. And it's real. These ancient demonic so-called gods are spirits of devils. And I had to repent at the foot of the cross. But when I came to Jesus in all earnesty and honesty of heart, knowing that his spirit had moved in me, and I pleaded for mercy, he washed me in the blood. And he forgave me of my sin. And he delivered me from all unrighteousness. And broke off me every demonic spirit at the foot of the cross. Psalm 96 says, For the Lord is great. Would you say amen? amen? There's no devil getting the glory here tonight. I don't care how powerful they think Shiva is or Shakti. And there's many others. These are just a couple I've picked out. And I wanted them just try and get a couple of PowerPoints for you to see it. I don't care how powerful they think they are. Listen, see when you see these world days for all the cultures getting together and their beat. There wee idols coming through the streets of Belfast and they're all hanging, hitting their wee cymbals and their wee tambourines and they're singing under their gods. and they're, You know what they're doing? They're invoking the deities in Belfast. Now I'm not saying those people are bad, meaning that for worse. To them it's just something they do. But they're enslaved by demonic spirits. Every temple you see Every mosque you see. And in fact, Shiva upon his head. I think it's in every caricature, if I can call it that, of him. On his head is what? A crescent moon. A crescent moon. You see, going away back. I'm all right yet. Going away back to the Tower of Babel. And in the Tower of Babel there, 
They say, let's build a tower. We may reach up to heaven and so forth. And, and the Lord comes down to see and he scatters the people and, and he demolishes, as it were, the tower. And the people are, are trying to bring it all back together again today. Nimrod. Nimrod dies. And Nimrod had a wife called Semiramis. Semiramis was like the goddess Shakti. See, all of these come from Babylon. That's why they're through the scripture. They're all from Babylon. And, and, and Nimrod, if you want, would be like, like the Shiva. Shakti would be like Samaramas. Nimrod has died and Samaramas finds herself with child. She said that it was Nimrod reincarnated. Listen, so you have the mother with child. Sound familiar? The worship of mother with child. They used to light fires, or coals of fire, cinders and all across the ground. And they, you ever see them doing the fire walking? That was to worship the representative of Nimrod became the sun. Semiramis was worshipped as the moon goddess. That's why you see people telling your stars. The spirit behind it. The sun and the moon and the stars. and The planetary systems in alignment mean you're going to come across a million pound. And nobody ever gets it. But I'll tell you what they're doing. They're opening themselves to a demonic spirit. And so they walk through the fires. This is Nimrod's presence on the earth. Here is the son of Nimrod, the father and the son and the mother goddess. Trying to make Mary the quartet in the Trinity. In heaven. All comes from it. The Babylonianism of the pagan Roman emperors that came right across and all of their their so-called gods, the pantheism of the pantheistic gods of Greece, they're all the same under different names. Brothers and sisters, it comes right through the whole way until Abraham has a son out of God's will called Ishmael. Ishmael is the father of the Arabs. And so we know the Lord says, and Isaac shall your seed be called Isaac's sons. Ishmael is the father of the Arabs. And hence we have trouble today with them worshipping the moon, God, Nimrod, and on Shiva's head, like this most times, sometimes like this, is the crescent moon. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Again, small g. For all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Listen, brothers and sisters and friends tonight. In 1 Corinthians 8 and verse 5, listen to what Paul says. If you want to look it up, I'll get a drink. It's 
It's warm up here. I don't know whether it's warm or not down where you are, but it's warm up here. First Corinthians chapter 8, please. <clears throat> we'll read verses 5 and 6. <clears throat> the apostle writes, For though there be that are called, notice he says they're called gods, meaning they're not, whether in heaven or on earth, as there be God's many and Lord's many. Verse 6, But to us, who's the us? The Christian, the blood-washed, the blood-bought, the born-again. But to us, there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by him. Brothers and sisters, there are many other so-called gods what are demonic spirits, don't care what name they put on them, stick by them. These are not gods. There is one God, and he's our heavenly Father. And we see him in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we know him by his Holy Spirit in our hearts, and we find him written in the Word of God. Will you say amen? amen. Let the devil hear it, will you? Amen. Brothers and sisters, as I bring this point of the close. I may bring it all to a close the time it's flowing. Here's another little interesting point. It doesn't really mean much, but here's an interesting point for you. Ali, would you put up on screen again for me, please, if you can? Is it easy to do? Put up, put up the Palestinian flag for me, please, if you will. Red, white, red, black and green. You know the strange thing about this is those are the four colors of the four horsemen of the apocalypse in the book of Revelation. And with their terrorist organization of Hamas, meaning violent, untruthful. Now if you read uh, the book of Revelation, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> you'll find them in, Re we'll not read it tonight, but mark it down, Revelation 6. Now, <clears throat> see the, the green, you won't get the word green there, you'll get the word pale, P-A-L-E, if you're reading the proper translation, that is. That's the King James Bible. And it's the word pale, P-A-L-E. But see if you look up the word, the Greek word for pale, you know what it is? It's the word kleros. And if you look up the definition of it, you know what the color it is? It's green. I'll close in a minute. You give me another few minutes, will you? We'll see how we get on here. We're nearly done. Turn with me to the book of Ephesians again, please. Ephesians chapter 6 tells us that we are to put on our whole armor, the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles, the methodia, the methods of the devil. These are all different methods. 
that he's taken your children away with. Verse 12 says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And so, I've told you last couple of Sundays, I want to mention this again. Because after that letter being read out about political Zionism with um, the Arab world, and it's meant to be in 1871 it 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 was written, Shortly after that, around that time, see if I can remember their names now, Edmund de Rothschild, known as the Baron, bought up 90,000 acres of Palestine or Canaan land. Then comes along James Rothschild and he buys up another 135,000 acres. They buy up the Jezreel Valley. And then they fund for the Jewish people to come. Now, those Jewish people come in, they're not aware of all of this, probably like, well, most of them, I'm sure, I can't speak for them all. And they all come in to the Middle East. You have to ask yourself, since this letter was written, and all of these, the first, second, third world war, first world war hadn't started yet, and since all of this was to be to happen, they weren't prophets. How did they know? They weren't prophets, but they were planners. And as he said, the nations take sides. Look at the way the world is divided at the minute. America has sent their fleets in to the Mediterranean. Britain sent some warships in to the Mediterranean. China has now sent in their fleets to the Mediterranean. And Russia are doing the same. See, God willing, next week, next Sunday evening, I'm going to speak about the fig tree, which represents jury, J-E-W-R-Y, the Jews there, the Jewish nation, the jury on violence in Jerusalem. You see the way it all comes together. Things that were said is happening. And so you see, all of these are coming together the way people have said, written, that they're coming together. I've said it from the start. There was another spirit that was released whenever the locked us up at the time of COVID. There was a spirit went through the nations. There's been a a large outpouring of something spiritual that has come into our lands with the RSC and the abortion and all of the the other stuff. And it's a demon that's come in. And in Westminster, I don't know every heart, so I can't say every. But in Westminster... In the Doyle, in Washington, you can near mark demon on every seat. 
because they're the men and women that's voting it in. So brothers and sisters tonight, you and I are not on the losing side. Revelation 16. The sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the ways of the kings of the east might be prepared. I'll talk about it again. I've talked about it before. You see the Chinese coming in now. The great Ottoman Empire was dried up after 1917. The Ottoman Empire of the Turks, when uh, General Edmund Allenby, a British general under um, with his expeditionary forces, along with Australian troops, and, by the way, some Arab soldiers to help. They liberated, with planes flying over the top of Jerusalem, they liberated the city without a bomb being dropped and a shot being fired. They dropped leaflets telling them to surrender. And the Turks seemed giant, what looked like giant birds flying over, the little bi-wing planes. It was called the Air Flying Corps. The Air Flying Corps was the predecessor to the Royal Air Force. And they seen the Air Flying Corps flying over, leaflets dropping down, and they ended up, they walked out. No one could move them for years without a shot being fired, without a bomb being dropped. And they surrendered. And Isaiah the prophet, I don't want to go into it too much, Isaiah the prophet wrote, As birds flying, so will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. Passing over, he will defend it. And it happened in 1917. The Ottoman Empire was pulled out of Jerusalem. It was like a bottle with the water coming out. And then it gets quicker and quicker, the emptier it gets. And within, I think it's by 1921, maybe 22, around about that, maybe 24, uh, it was brought down to the little, uh, the one nation, as you say, it's a big country, but the little nation uh, from a whole empire right down to that one nation of the Turks today. The sultan was deposed. All of it happened. And was all lynched on 1917. There was a little... Uh, 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 there was a man, he was a, a student from China called Mao Zedong. Became known as Chairman Mao. Do you remember him? And Chairman Mao brought communism of the Marxist ideology. The communist Marxist ideology into China. The China, Chinese revolutionaries fought against this. They were the nationalists of China. They fought against this common, uh, uh, Marxist revolution. It was communist. It's the same as Sinn Féin are today. Marxists, there's no difference. Communist, communism is, is an instalment, well, some sort of It's all communists. That's what the Bolshevik Revolution was done with. Communism. Mao Zedong took it and he brought it into China. There was war in China. Those of the nicest were being defeated. Where did he move to? Taiwan. Taiwan is known as the second or the little China. That's why you're hearing on the news today about war in China with Taiwan. They're going to, they're saber rattling. Still going on. The great Ottoman Empire, right through that river Euphrates, dried up the whole the people around it, all in the same time, all in the same space. 
all dried up and it prepared the way for the kings of the east, the great China dragon. They took it at the time and Mao Zedong run with it. Conquered into a communist nation and now the kings of the east are in the Mediterranean. It says here in verse 14, they are the spirits of devils working miracles which go forth to the kings of the earth and of the whole world to gather them to the battle of that great day, God Almighty. Do you know why the Jews are where they are? Because God said they'd be there. But the Jews are there because God said so, but they're there for Armageddon. The nations will all be drawn for or against her. That's what you have today. So in the light of this, are you saved? Behold, I come, as the thief he says. You don't know and I don't know when he'll come. Are you saved? Are you ready? Have you been to Calvary? Do you know the Lord Jesus as your Savior? Have you had your sins forgiven? Have you got on the garments of righteousness? Are you robed and ready to go? Or will you be found naked and in your shame? We're here to help you tonight. Point you to Christ. And see us after the meeting. If you're concerned for your soul whatsoever, come and see us. So God willing, next week, we'll look something along these lines. Only we'll bring it closer in. That was an overall view. We'll bring it closer in. And I'll try and simplify it as much as I can for you. May God bless you.